Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. The field that was in, I probably wouldn't be in social media, but it's like kind of like something it's you have to do, I guess. A, it's, it's, it at least feels that way. I know. No, it does to me still too. And so we can get into that. But yeah, it had, it had more to do with my overall approach what i coach people you know and yeah. it was and it was uh yeah some hurdles there along the way but we can get into that if you want but yeah it was very interesting trek and uh and i always this is a true story I, when i deleted uh facebook uh, i know this isn't video but pe- yeah. whoever's listening will picture my hand trembling uh, my hand was literally trembling when i hit the delete button and i thought well this is kind of weird you know <laughs> Like I'm actually, my hands actually trembling as I'm hitting the delete. Like, oh man, there's probably something pretty powerful going on here. So, um, it, yeah, it's an addiction. It's a. I have a friend that that got off social media about ten years ago, I think it was, or maybe I don't know, nine years ago. But it's funny because we'll talk, and one of the last things he always asks, he goes, "Hey, have you seen so and so on social media? What are they doing these days?" Like, still kind of want that little <laughs> yeah. pull to yeah. social media. That's like um, meta social media. That's like going back. That's like going back to just being social. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you heard from so and so? You know, they, they just want you to be on social media so that they don't have so to. So they can live vicariously through it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Sid, the the question to get everything going is, what's your elevator pitch? Someone asks, "Hey, Sid, what do you do? How would you describe yourself?" I te- I'm a small stepper. I teach people my core strategy. It's called awareness based habit change, and so it's teaching people how to incorporate and earn long-term habits and behaviors, uh, healthy habits. So that's teaching people long-term. Yeah, I mean, and I, I know, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, like you say, do yo-yo diets. And no, I, something I heard in boxing was because a lot of people make weight is it's actually harder the longer you do that, mm-hmm. of going, kind of going down, going up, that, and then the next time you do it. So having that steady way of building it, building that uh, ideal weight is something that's gonna help you out in the long run, it seems like. Yeah, there's actual physiological damage to, to yo-yo dieting. It's not just a mental I and mean, there's mental damage. You know, people they lose the weight and everyone goes, Oh my God, you look fantastic. How'd you do it? Et cetera, et cetera. And then they they gain it back. Um, and so there's a a, a mental cost to that of, of feeling failure and you know, people beating themselves up and things like that. But there's a physiological cost too, which is those swings hormonally, those swings are debilitating, very hard on the body to do. And and even at the extreme of the biggest loser, those people, they're wondering the, the science, the research on the people who are in biggest loser and those kinds of like drastic changes, they may, they may have uh, irreparable damage uh, hormonally to their bodies. It's that, it's that damaging. So yeah, I mean, all, there's all things pointing to the benefit of, of learning how to manage your stress and learning how to to truly you know bring these changes in and stick with them long term there's there's advantages on every front when i think too i mean the from what i understand again it, it's the mindset of it all i mean we we look at basically fitness as a a mountain and we're going to the top of the mountain yeah it's really the mountain that really never ends i mean having something consistent it might get easier for mountain but once you get to the top and you go okay i can relax now i can have all the cookies chips all i want i mean it's probably having some kind of balance of life yeah i i, I mean you're right this is a practice you know and so so the my new book six truths is really talking about about the hard work of this of, of living 
a good life takes attention and effort. There's just no getting around that. It takes hard work. And so if you think, well, I'll just get to this scale weight and then I'll be fine. Well, we all know how that movie ends, mm. you know? So it, it, it does take, it's good. I mean, it's what we do. It's if people get into marriages, it's not easy. They have kids. It's not easy. We do lots of things that are of value. They take hard work. Well, so is maintaining your health and happiness. It takes constant attention. You can't phone it in and say, well, I got there. So now I can just relax on everything. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a constant struggle in a good way, you know, that because you earn it every day, you earn it and you feel really good about yourself doing it, you know, so. Was a young Sid into fitness, into health? I mean, who was a young Sid, like teens, even maybe older, younger? Who was the young Sid? Uh, pretty, pretty regular teen, you know, normal teen, you know, eight, I probably, you know, maybe, maybe comparatively eight, okay, but still fast food, you know, kind of the fast yeah. food, just normal, normal style, grew up in Texas, you know, like holding, um, Got into college. I was always a, here's what I was, an asthmatic and lots of allergies. Oh, that wow. that was a, a through line from my entire youth, uh, asthma attacks. I was taking al allergy injections. I had an asthma uh, inhaler all through college. Graduated from UCLA with a bachelor's degree in philosophy, which, you know, I definitely use in my practice now. But um, I always joked that 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 degree trained me really well for what I was pursuing, which was to be an indie rock musician. Mm -hmm. So I, so I'm playing music at night, but here I am an asthmatic. Right. And I, my first foray into any kind of real health thing was somebody handed me a book called fit for life. I read it. It was a, about nutrition, never read any books about nutrition, but it made a correlation of a, of dairy, frankly, and asthma. So I, as a test, I gave up dairy for a month. My asthma went away for the first time in 22 years wow. and it has never come back. So that would, that be, even though I was playing music and later went into acting and was making a living as an actor in Los Angeles for 20 years, you know, that, that kind of how that unfolded when we, my wife and I, and our first child ended up moving up to Mendocino. I went back to school and became a nutritionist. I had been reading at that point, book after book since I was 22. I was so fascinated by the idea that I had some, some semblance of control over something that, that before that I thought I had no control over, uh, you know, inhaler goes in the trash, asthma. I mean, my allergies gone almost entirely. Um, and I was thinking, this is pretty great here. I'm singing and like having no asthma going on. I'm a recreational back then. I was a recreational runner, a few miles here, a few miles there, no asthma. I'm going, this is fantastic. So yeah, that's what began that process. Well, being in the spotlight of being a musician, being an actor, I mean, it would seem that fitness, kind of your appearance, I mean, would be a, a huge factor. So were you pretty much into, um, I know you do a little bit of running. Was it a routine where you, did you have a diet going on even at that time? Not really. I mean, I, I knocked dairy out, but other than that, it was kind of a, a little bit of a free for all. Um, I mean, a recreational runner. Look, I mean, you can see me on video. I'm not yeah. the Matthew McConaughey of actors. I'm a, I was a character actor, you know, you'd see <laughs> me, in, you, you know, I was in like a, you know, I was in American express commercials and, and I was, you know, I did some movies and, you know, I was always like the character guy, you know? Um, but I, I just personally, and definitely as, as a musician and performer, you know, my band toured and, you know, in us and Canada and Europe and, um, there was definitely that part of me, uh, wanted to be fit, you know, wanted to feel good in my body, wanted to have energy, you know, it's hard work to kind of do that kind of stuff. So there was that, um, concern on the music side for sure. Um, but just general fitness, you know, just general feeling good, you know, once I had a child, you know, being healthy and being an example for, I have three kids now, twins, uh, in addition, we were going to have one more and we had twins. So that's how that rolled out anyways. Yeah, and so, um, and, and so clearly like taking care of myself and being, fit um is 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 a value for me for sure what was that that trigger when did that thought come about that you wanted to be a health coach 
write a book? I mean, was it something that you always had or was it something kind of over time or where did that come about? I think it was there on some level. I was always interested in it because of what happened when I was 22. Um, and so just reading books, it was just, it was just, I would call it at that point a hobby, but I was fairly informed. I mean, I was reading lots of stuff and especially when I was a full-time actor, I had a lot of time on my hands. So, you know, I was like playing music all the time and, and, but I was this thing on the side here. So finally when LA just had got it got its best on me uh we were just burnt on los angeles after 20 years we're like we're get, getting out of here so we moved to this little town in mendocino well i started managing a restaurant um, at a resort called the stanford inn and they have a wellness center so i'm talking to the owner about nutrition I'm, I'm, I'm like and i'm and i'm just loving this and there was just this kind of switch one day i was just like you know what i'm gonna pursue going back to school becoming a nutritionist i think this is a subject that I really love and I love talking about it and people would ask me for advice, but I didn't really have the cred of, you know, that kind of thing. And so I went back to school in 2008. It was a year and a half program, um, became a certified nutritionist. And, and then, and then the owners at the Stanford, Jeff and Joan Stanford, um, said, yeah, if you become certified and insured, you can start teaching classes. So at that point I started teaching nutrition classes. I started working with clients, which really informed my first book approaching the natural, um, because people just weren't sticking with my recommendations long-term. And that's when I started to see like, oh, wait a second, diets don't work. And essentially what I'm doing as a nutritionist is handing them a diet. I'm not giving them any tools. I'm, I'm giving them the information, but no tools to continue to work with it long enough for it to make a difference. So they were burning out after a month. And I thought this is just a stupid diet. So I backed back out. Got, this is where the philosophy came in. Went back to the drawing board, really formulated and said, how can I, what is health? What is happiness? How can I, is there a way that I can get people to use this information and learn how to manage their own stress while incorporating it so they don't take on too much too soon or too little, how to balance that out? Hence, awareness-based habit change, being aware of your stress during the process. So that was Approaching the Natural. My next book, Raising Healthy Parents, was simply working with parents and realizing that a major source of their stress is the family. It's great, but it's also family, tired and irritable, all those kinds of things. And so Raising Healthy Parents was... Hey parents, it's time we need to take care of ourselves. It's super important to, to, you know, be that example for your kids, but also to be healthy and happy so that you can be with your kids the way that you want to be. If you're angry and underslept, you're going to be more irritable with your children. You're not going to be in a good enough mood, all those kinds of things. <clears throat> and then I took it out one more step with six truths, which is essentially like a happiness manifesto. It's like my six truths of how to be happy. So it was definitely working with clients, learning from them, what are their stumbling blocks? What are my own personal stumbling blocks? Going back to the drawing board each time as a, as a more of a philosophy kind of thing and saying, sitting down, saying, backing out and going, what is really at stake here? Did, I mean, I mean, a couple questions in, in there. I mean, did you, were you still a musician at that time while you were teaching or did you give the acting and the music up when you transitioned over? Yeah, well, I moved to Mendocino, which is a small town. Then my initial yeah. idea was, we're going to move. We're going to get out of L.A., right? So we come up to L.A. I mean, I'm up to Mendocino. It's a little town, like the anti-L.A. And my thought was, okay, I will go down, back down to L.A. I'll call my agent and say, I'm going to be down there, and I'll just audition from time to time, stay on a friend's couch, and, and fly back. Every time I called my agent, they'd go like, well, you moved at a good time because there's nothing going on. There's just not enough going on. So that's when I started looking for, <laughs> then I was like, so ill-planned. I was like, okay, well now I got to look for a job. My wife's a graphic designer. So she was making some money, but I was like, clearly not enough. My, a lot of my, most of our income was from my acting. So that was just dried up. Um, music was interesting. And it's interesting that you bring it up because 
I was kind of burnt on music at that point. We'd done four albums, my band and, and tour, like I said, and, and LA was just kind of, it just was really not making me happy. Um, so we got out of here and my guitar sat in its case for a few years. I was burnt. Hmm. Interestingly, what you mentioned in the beginning is I quit social media in 2018. I'm not kidding you. Within, within months of that happening, I started writing again for the first time. Oh, wow. And yeah, and over the next couple of years, wrote an entire album's worth of music. And so total by coincidence, this past weekend, I drove to Los Angeles. My drummer came back out. We went to this, went to a studio and recorded, began the recording of a new album the first time in 15 years. So uh, I just, just literally just got back from that three days ago. And so it is, it's kind of like a thing in my life again. It's very exciting, super cool to kind of have that creative part. And I, when I coach people, I definitely bring in through my small steps approach creativity back sometimes people put that on the back burner they used to play they used to paint they used to write well through my small steps approach they're bringing those things back in and it's very fulfilling for them and very um i've seen crazy stuff i've seen people begin to work on their novel again and and, and it affects their eating habits why because they're less stressed they're happier and they're less reactive in the kitchen and so there's really cool things happening when you don't make it all about food what um do you feel that the passion of the music getting back into it might take away from any of the, the coaching you do or any of the, the, the writing or anything else? Or is it, you know, you feel like you can um, kind of balance the old love with the new love? Yeah, that's a great question because I, as a small stepper, and I don't think I could do what I do right now without practicing what I preach as a small stepper. I have a, my unique approach of small stepping is, is again, awareness-based habit change. So it's not everything equal. Music is not a major part of my life. Back when I, before I had children, when I was doing it full time, I was in the studio writing almost every single day, rehearsing with my band. I don't do that. I play once a week, literally once a week. I put, come down to my studio for maybe 10, 15 minutes, play the guitar. I'm not kidding. That's what it is. So absolutely. It is part of the uh, complexity of us as human beings. We, we do multiple, I, I believe we're happier when we do multiple things. If we make our lives all about music or even all about the family and, and that, and, and I'm a family man first and foremost, but not only if I don't have anything else going on, it's, I, I have suffered. I have felt like, oh, I really want to be doing this other thing, but I can, I don't have the time. Well, as a small stepper, you go, you know what? Do you have once a week? Do you have 10 minutes a week? Yeah, I have 10 minutes. Okay. Do that. It makes a difference. So co my family's number one coaching and my running a wellness center at a resort. Those are my, that's number two, but also I'm working on a new book. <clears throat> I direct an ultra marathon that's in April. And I'm and and this music thing. Now, this music thing, I just went for the weekend and I won't do music for probably another month, you know, before I have time to go back down and continue working on it. So I'm not in any rush. I'm not trying to get it done. I have to put anything on hold to get that done. So part of my coaching really is telling people like you don't have to put your life on hold to do any one thing. You can learn how to prioritize and negotiate through awareness-based habit change to get all those things done and still have your priorities at the top of the list. <clears throat> Well, again, going back to the idea of when you transition uh, up north, right? And you said that, okay, well, the, the money was drying up with the acting. You had to find a job. So was the job the coaching or did you have to get a side job to afford it when you're originally getting going? The cost of getting into coaching, the cost of writing the book. What was that process like? Yeah, the coaching came like two years going back to school came two years after we moved. So my yeah. first job literally was managing a restaurant. 
at, at the resort. Now, now I'm now the wellness programs director at that resort, but that's where it started. That was literally just, we had a child. It was a night job. It was good because I could be home during the day with the baby. My wife works, you know, was working in, in our house as a graphic designer. So that was just it. And I literally had no, <laughs> we moved up here with very little plan. Like it was not the, in retrospect, like a great move, but also a crazy move. There was one point we were yeah. sitting on our counters and my wife and I looked at each other and went, what did we just do? We had a whole thing in LA and we just bailed to have land and be outside and be, you know, um, and not have traffic and, or parking meters. And, um, and so we, so it was literally just a job. It was by being at the Stanford Inn and having that core ability to kind of make it okay, not great, but, you know, managing a restaurant, what it is. Um, but, but I was able to go to school at the same time while having that job. So once that finished and I was done with my program, then I transitioned to more of the wellness thing. I still help co-manage the restaurant a little bit. We're, it's a small town and we don't have a lot of people around here. So Jeff, Jeff Sanford and I oversee the restaurant, but I'm also the wellness programs director. And so then it moved into that transition. So that's how that, that's but how But he was, uh, I think you said that after you did the, the, the classes, you actually were able to put together a wellness, um, I guess, sessions. They are actually at the end, correct? Yeah, those are those. That's so. That's like nutrition. I I do nutrition classes and cooking classes, and I teach classes on my small steps approach. But okay. that's not my coaching. So my coaching, my small steps online program at smallsteppers.com, that's separate. My small step intensive private coaching model, that's all separate from the to, from the resort. The resort resort is guests come in, they want a wellness experience. I've done I'm doing one today. A cooking class, right? So I go down and do a cooking class. It's a one-off. They do a nutrition class, which I did two days ago. It's a one-off. But my coaching is ongoing and separate out of the resort. Do you think that if your boss or or your the co-manager, the owner of the company, wasn't as flexible to kind of give you the opportunity to, I guess, make extra money in kind of growing your I know it's separate and I mean there's probably similarities to it. Do you think you would have still be in the situation you are today if you do have the flexibility of that boss? That That's owner. a super good question. I don't know the answer to that. I will know. I do know this, their flexibility and support. I mean, good Lord. When I went back to school, I was like, Hey, can I do this? Or like, yeah, we'll pay for it. Literally that, you know, like, oh, it, 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 well, yeah, no, totally. And then when I read, like when I wrote my books, especially my second book, raising healthy parents, you know, very busy at the end. I said, listen, I went to the owners. I, I said, pay me less money because when i wrote my first book i was up till two in the morning back up at 6 a.m trying to write before the kids are awake trying only writing after they're asleep and and and, and working it, it almost killed me writing a health book ironically right so so that i wrote i write raising healthy parents i said listen pay me less money but i, I need to be able to write at some, some during the day because i can't do what i did for the first book it was just too brutal and they go well here's the here's what we'll do we'll pay you the same money and you can work during the day Right. So, I mean, it was like they've been incredible. So I show up to work in the morning. I make a coffee. I'm sitting in the lobby and I wrote almost that entire book in the lobby of the resort. Um, and then obviously people needed me. I was there. So it wasn't like that. But um, so they're very flexible about that. They're very supportive about that. However, you know, as my reach grew and I have a podcast and a YouTube channel and sort of getting a little bit of a win behind it, I started speaking around the country. Well, as I'm speaking around the country pre-COVID, of course, every time I'm speaking, I'm representing the Stanford Inn. Hmm. So there's cross marketing there because if I go to an event and I just got invited to speak in New York in May, if I go, if I do that, 
Jeff and Joan probably will sponsor that event as the Stanford Inn. I will be there representing the Stanford Inn. So there is there is definitely cross marketing at play there because if I'm there representing it and I do, and I love that place, I'm a, I, I consider myself part of the family there, then then they get the benefit of people showing up and go, oh yeah, I heard Sid on this podcast, uh, you know, talk about the inn. I went saw him in in Portland, Oregon, and I, you know I'm coming to the inn because I thought it was such a great place, and that happens. So there's there's benefit co-benefit. If someone's listening right now and they're looking to try to transition or bring another layer of their life into the business because like the passion that you have for health being, I mean, the dieting, the mindset, and they're working a job, I mean, how would, what would be the best way of kind of having that conversation with the owner and saying, hey, this is my true passion. This is what I kind of want to do. I want to incorporate it. I mean, how was the conversation for yourself when that kind of came about? You know, if you're if you're working, you know, if you're managing a restaurant and you want to learn how to be a running coach, which I mean, I'm a running coach, but that's neither here nor there. There's not going to be a lot of impetus for a restaurant owner to go, yeah, that really a benefit me if you're a running coach. I mean, there has to be some. I mean, it was this is a resort with a wellness center. They didn't have a nutritionist on staff. Like there was a need to be filled, and I had the passion to fill it. Um, so. Part of it has to be that, you know, you may not be able to have that conversation with your job. Your job may just be your job. I will tell you, it was not easy. When I went back to school to become a nutritionist, I didn't do that on company time. I did that all on my own. I did that at home with a, a, a baby, um, you know, with a young child, just fighting for moments when I can. This very much informed my small step. I always say stealing. I, tell, I coach people, steal moments. You have to steal them. They're not going to be given to you, but you have to look and value moments, smaller chunks of time than you think is necessary. In a sense, what I've been telling clients lately is this is mental toughness training. I have learned through my own process and people are learning how to get a lot done in a very small amount of time. I can open my book file. I'm working on a, a new book now. And for, in 15 minutes, get more done than I used to get done in an hour because of social media and I've getting on the news and I'm on YouTube and I, and now I can sort of focus in and say, okay, put my noise canceling headphones on, open the thing and just freaking nail it for 15 minutes and get a lot done. And uh, I remember years ago in, in LA, I had a buddy of mine who was a screenwriter, a working screenwriter, and he had a kid. He used to go to the studio eight hours. He'd write every day. And when he had a child, I said, how, I remember asking him, I go, I didn't have a kid at the time. I go, how do you even get work done? You have a little baby at home. He goes, Sid, I get more done in an hour now than I used to get done in eight hours in the studio. I go in the studio, sit down eight hours, screw around for seven hours. He goes, now I work for an hour and I get more done than I did eight hours in, in that studio. It's a, it's a brain training process. In this case, was instigated by a child, but it's a, it's, it's really a great tool and talent to have to enable you if you want more out of your life than the job you're working and sometimes people just they're good with the job but if you want more and you want to do something like i do with music it's a brain mental toughness training of honing a focus to allow you to do smaller chunks so you don't have to give up everything in order to do this great this thing that adds a lot to your life and makes you happier in the long run all right well talking about giving up man we we talked about it briefly beforehand but what was that trigger of giving up social media um you know i hate to be a broken record but awareness-based habit change oh the awareness in my own life of feeling i didn't have a good i didn't feel good when i was on it i didn't feel good about i didn't feel physical like i felt like a almost like a visceral kind of thing i'd be on a run i'm an ultra runner now but i'd be on a run on a trail and i would see some beautiful view and my first thought wouldn't be that's a that's so beautiful it would be is that that'd be a good instagram 
right? And I was like, <laughs> what am I, what is happening in the world that I can't even experience something firsthand without thinking, is this going to be a good post? And so I felt myself transitioning. I hired a virtual assistant who was sort of doing most of my posting, but it just felt people would comment stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm not asking for your opinion. I know that this is now comment culture and everybody's an authority about everything because they have a free Twitter account, but it wasn't something that I wanted to engage with. Then I started reading things and I started hearing a podcast with a guy who was on the Ezra Klein show and he was one of the early consultants with Zuckerberg when they were formulating the uh, the algorithms that would literally for the purpose of addicting people to these platforms they were doing things like trickling likes you might have 50 likes on your photo but they're not going to let you know that you have 50 right away they're going to let you know that you have five then you're going to go back again to see if there's any more and they're, they're going to tell you there's no more then you're going to go back again two more and they had this algorithm based on science that when the 19 behavioral science in the 1950s where pigeons would hit a button and get a treat hit a button get a treat well they started intermittently giving treats and they found that the pigeons would click it more when they didn't get it every time they would click it more well they used this science and this psychology to and they, to, to really facilitate an addictive uh, relationship between these things. As I was looking, listening to this stuff, I said, this is crappy. Then about the kid, you know, things about children, then about, you know, manipulating headlines and trying to make things negative for clickbait, the whole thing just, and this is before the social dilemma uh, uh, documentary that's out. Hmm. Um, I, I thought this is just make, I, I don't like, it. I don't dig it. So I thought, let me just see what this is like. And I'm a practitioner, you know, I'm a coach. So I took it to the extreme in my new book. I'm like, look, you don't have to quit it, but recognize that it is for many people, a stressor. If it's used in, in minimal ways, it can be very nice. You can keep in touch with people. Fantastic. I went to the extreme to see what it was like, but for a lot of people, I've had clients with digestive issues and they want me to change their diet. And I go, your diet's pretty darn good. You know what you're doing? Spending five hours on Facebook arguing with people that is physically there's a physical uh, cost to increase stress, chronic stress in our lives. It's documented. It's not not controversial even. Chronic stress has physical, you know, damage to it. So social media is one of those causes. Kids, ten to nineteen years old in this country, a leading cause of death, suicide, anxiety, depression are on the rise. Is it all social media? No. Is it a factor? Absolutely, it's a factor. Documented, it's a factor. So kids are having a hard time with this kind of detached from actual socializing and on their phones and who's liking my photo and I'm comparing myself to this person, the whole model is a little bit uh, skew in my, in my, in my opinion. So I quit, dumped it, just did, literally, I, I was LinkedIn, which wasn't even like, so I just, I dumped it all at once. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Strava, which I actually kind of dig Strava. It's like a running athlete. You post your runs and everything, but I was like, I'm getting rid of all of it. Let me see what's like to just have this massive amount of free time on my hands. That's when I started writing music almost in, almost quickly. Like there, like within a month thereafter, were you, were you afraid at all? Because you're starting a business, you're well, you're building a business, and social media, I think, is big for a lot of business owners out there, especially in our day and culture. I mean, were you afraid of of dropping it? You might lose uh, business. Oh no, I definitely lost business. Okay. No, no, I mean, I definitely, <laughs> yeah, no, this is not magic time, magic hour with Sid. I got my ass handed to me. You know, there's no in my new book. I go, my career took a hit, my happiness got a boost, my life got better. My career took a hit. My podcast, I have a, it's a, called What Sid Thinks. My old podcast was called Approaching the Natural about, you know, health. And I was on all social media and I had thousands of listeners. I, I have less than a thousand listeners of, of What Sid Thinks. I don't post. Every time I would do a new uh, episode of Approaching the Natural, I'd go to Twitter and I'd go to Instagram. I'd go to Facebook. Here's a new episode up. I, you know, kind of nothing now. So my, my things, but 
I've kind of just reformulated my approach. I'm much more of a exclusive. I launched in last year, my small step intensive, which is a private coaching three month where you're literally talking to me every day for three months. I take up to two, maybe three clients at a time. It's tops. I charge enough of, of, a, of an amount that it's worth my time and, and effort so that, that I, it is a, you know, a, a significant part of my uh, income. So I don't have to have 20 clients. So I don't have to worry about trying to promote this thing to thousands of people. Now my online program is in the works right now, and I am having a struggle promoting that. I have a guy helping me out a marketing thing. And they're like, you know, on social media, can you just kind of do it? And I was like, no, I, I want to figure out if there's a way to do this without it. And I don't, at this point, jury's out. I don't know yet. That's why I came to you. I thought you had the answers. <laughs> Wait, you said your, your wife does digital marketing. She's a graphic designer. Graphic designer. Okay. She does she's logos. Media, right? brand, what, uh, she's on, she's on, so she's on Facebook Okay. with a private account that okay. she maybe goes on like once every couple of weeks. So it's like family and cousins and that's right. And my kids, uh, my twins don't have social media. They're 12 years old, but my daughter has some all private account. You cannot, it's not free for all public has no access. Right. So we, we have allowed a little bit, but we're controlling it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize for it either. Knowing what I know people go, that's very controlling. I go, you know what? I'm seeing the damage out there. And <clears throat> you couple that with what happened with COVID with kids being isolated in their homes. It's not a good, not a good deal. So, you know, look, I'm a huge fan of Zoom. I think Zoom saved a lot of kids during the pandemic. My kids could at least see their friends. We're, we're talking right now. We're being able to see each other. Amazing. I joked on my podcast, probably inappropriate. But I was like, this is the best time for a pandemic because we have this technology that at least I could call my parents and, and imagine in 1918, not having, seeing people for, for, mm. you know, like not being able to physically see your, or not, you know, but, you know, visually see yeah. your family for a year or whatever. At least I could talk to my parents every week and, and we'd have, you know, cocktail hour with our friends on zoom. Kind of cool. <clears throat> not as good as being in the room, but boy, a pretty good deal. Um, so I'm not anti-technology at all. I use technology yeah. in my practice and everything else, but social media was, was, uh, the benefits did not outweigh the damage for me. It, it sounds like there was a, a really quick transition of positivity that came out given the social media so there was really no i would need to go back to it i need to sign my account back up was that did that ever come about or was it just hey positivity all right we're good to kind of go forward i felt better immediately i mean okay. except for the tremble when i hit the delete key i'm not kidding within the first week i was like this is amazing i mean just not have i was started going on runs immediately going this, this looks amazing. I'm enjoying, my, I'm being on my run, actually being on my run instead of try to stop and do so. That's <laughs> a post. This looks really pretty. I should probably post. It was like, good Lord. Oh, let me do a selfie in front of a freaking you know, river. It was like, I started, I started being free again. It was like, it, it, I didn't even realize it. So yeah, it was immediate, immediate where I was like, my life is so much better. And I also realized, oh, this is going to kill me career wise. You know, like this, this is going to hurt, you know, and it's been a slow climb back, back. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and so it's just what it is, but I, 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 it's just such a tough place for me to be in because the pressure right now to be on social media is real. I mean, people who are helping me with marketing are like, dude, you gotta, you know, and I'm like, is there, there was marketing before social media? Was there not like how, and, and by the way, there's bestseller, you know, uh, this guy, Cal Newport, um, he's a PhD at Georgetown. He wrote a book called deep work. And he also wrote a book called Digital Minimalism, which is very, those came out after I quit, but they're definitely, well, Deep Work didn't, um, but but they're definitely in that mode of like, we're losing the ability to focus long-term. Our brains are very partitioned. Our kids are not, they're so pop, 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 pop that they can't even sit still for a long time. That guy's no social media, two best-selling books, zero social media. 
So it's, it's not that it's not possible. It's just harder. So I'm keeping hope alive that I'm going to be able to make my mark without having a Facebook account. Where do you, where do you see your, your business, yourself transitioning in the next five years? Um, I see, uh, I want my new book to come out in the next year. It's on ultra running, but definitely a philosophy book. Um, I, my goal is to have small steppers, my online program blow up big because it's super effective and it's awesome. And it's very much, I'm involved because it's, I, I'm so passionate about it. So I'm doing live Q and A's during the, during the online program. That is the thing I had it redesigned over the last couple of years and it's completely brand new and fresh and awesome. That thing I want blown huge. Like I want thousands of people in that thing because it is so effective for people who are, I always joke, my best clients are the ones that have had, have done so many yo-yo diets that they are like crawling to me going, I'm so done with this. I never want to do this again. And that to which I say, good, now it's time to get the real work done of actually making your life the way you want it to be. So it's uh, definitely a niche. People are attracted to the flashy promise of a 10 pounds in 21 days. There's no doubt about it. The market on that, the psychology of the market on that is very powerful. But there is a market for people who are done with that crap and they want to do it for real, and they're willing to do the hard work of it. And I'm waiting in the wings for that thing to kind of spread by ideally, you know, I guess word of mouth is my is my best bet. But I, I don't know, like YouTube uh, ads, I'm, I'm exploring sort of ways to get that done. I mean, how, how do you compete with the, those shiny objects? I mean, because like you said, is it is it, and I, I guess you kind of already brought it up, it's people that have tried those, those diets, have kind of yo-yoed back, and then kind of gone back, and then hear from a friend, a family member, whoever it might be, Hey, I tried this, uh, this platform with Sid, at least give him a call, at least take a look. Is that kind of like right. roughly the game plan? Correct. That's, yes, what is like my, so I'm not, I'm not cut off from the world. I have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Now what I did was people, some people consider YouTube a, a social media. I, I, I don't, I'm on the fence on that. I don't really, I don't know. Don't care. What I did do is turned off comments on my YouTube channel. And I know mm -hmm. that that's anti, it's like blasphemy to do that. But my, again, my approach is like, Hey, I want to float content and I hope you learn something from it or you hate it. Move on. Don't watch me again. You don't have to leave me a comment telling me how mad you are at me because I wasted three minutes of your life. You've probably wasted three minutes 17 times today. So move on or cool that you learned something. You don't also, I mean, I appreciate the nice comments, but you don't have to tell me that either. Go you to put it inside your body, in your head and go and have fun and go make your life better maybe as a result of it. Super cool. But I have a podcast as well. So I'm, I am, and that grows. My podcast is growing. So word of mouth is spreading on that. Well, if people listen to my podcast, they, they look at the show notes and they see that I'm a coach and that I'm a small stepper and they can go to my website and learn all about me. And, you know, so it's not like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, in a, I'm not in a cave in, you know, Sardinia, you know, like I'm, I'm in the world. I'm just not social media. So I am putting content out in the world. My books, people come to me because they read my book because their book, my book got handed to them by some friend of theirs. And they go, Oh my God, this guy, this is cool. And they want to check me out and they go to my website. So it's, it's there. It's just not there on the scale of small, uh, of social media. Oh, I get as said, thank you for, for being here. I'm going to finish off with this last question. Okay. I mean, if you could look back at your younger self or maybe someone in that situation, that person that was an actor, that person that was a musician, I mean, what advice would you give them about making the changes to having a, a better, healthy life? Because I mean, where you're located now, it's probably a little bit easier to be away from the yo-yo diets, all the different fads. And when you're in the kind of the heart of it, probably you're seeing it on a daily basis. I mean, is there advice that you'd give to that person or your younger self? 
Well, I would say, first of all, because of online, I, I do not, I'm not separated from the, it's all online. So no, no okay. matter, the, the good news for quick fixes and flashy, you know, whatever diets is that they have access to everybody in the world because of social media. So mm. yeah, sorry, because not social media, but online. Yeah, yeah. So there's no difference. Everybody I'm surrounded with is on some sort of something or other, you know, this thing and that thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's not, that's no change. What I would give to my, for, it's a tough one because when I have, I've had young clients before and I, I tend to not work with younger clients now, like in their twenties mm. because they just haven't done it enough yet. I, I always want, I don't say this, but I always want to say, listen, you gotta do like 10 more yo-yo diets. Like, just, <laughs> you know, because, because if you come to me first and go, yeah, no, I get it. It's so great. I want to do it. But over your shoulder, you see this flashy silver ball that's shiny. It's going to distract you from the real work. So part of why I love, I've loved so far getting a little bit old. I'm not old, but getting a little older is the experience of like, there's no temptation there. I'm, I do not have any desire to go back. I have no desire to go do that crap. I think that part of it is learning and going through that yourself to realize it doesn't work. You can read the statistic that says it doesn't work, but in your mind, you think maybe it'll work for me and it doesn't. And so when you, when you realize that and you kind of go through it enough times, you're really ready to do the good work. The one, the way I would say to you, Mike, to younger, younger kids is, hard work. It, it takes hard work. It every, if somebody's selling you something without hard work, it's crap. It's just mm -hmm. this. You can try it, go for it, give it a shot. Maybe it's different for you, but it won't be, but it's going to be, there is hard work to be done. You can, and one of my truths and six truths is there's no substitute for hard work and there never will be. It is hard work. That's a good thing because whenever you get in your life is going to be earned. When you do 10 pounds in 21 days, cause you do exactly what somebody told you, it feels good for a moment, but you didn't really earn it. It's not a real, it's not real. You know how you know? Cause it disappears as soon as it came. So the real work of this is hard work. And if people are, who are younger, accept that their lives are going to be really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know when I'm, when I'm sore after a really good workout, I feel that much better later that later that See? night. I can sleep better. It feels fantastic. So I totally yeah, agree with you. It's hard work. Uh, um, thank you, Sid, for being here. If people are listening, what's the what's the best avenue to get more information uh, about upcoming books? More information about uh, following one of your programs. What's the best way, or maybe when you're speaking engagements? What's the best platform? Uh, Facebook. That's a total joke. See how I did that. Uh <laughs> The best place to go is SidGarzaHillman.com. So that's me. That's the portal to you'll get about, you know, my books, my blog, my podcast. You can get through there. Podcast is everywhere, but it's a portal. My YouTube videos you can watch on that site. Um, for my online program, smallsteppers.com. And for my private coaching, with some people want the accountability and the personal thing, it's fine. Smallstepintensive.com. Those are the three places. SidGarzaHillman.com, smallsteppers.com, smallstepintensive.com. And you can find me and email me, uh, contact me through all of those sites. And I will be, I will check that personally myself. Thank you again, Sid, for, for being here on the, the podcast. Uh, everyone, please, that you're listening, please go find Sid. His information is in the show notes. Um, also, please go to our website. It's in the show notes. We have a lot of nonprofits there that we're always helping out. Uh, please subscribe. Please share and go find Sid. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.